Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. To the Flyers Talk Podcast. Katie Emmer and Jordan Hall joining you all today. Jordan, I'm always fired up for these episodes. We have some hockey news every single time. It's even more and more exciting as we, of course, get closer to the round robin play, to the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, specifically for the Flyers. Today, we have some great news. We're going to start off with, with uh, Sean Couture. We're going to get into Jake Voracek. Why was he missing from practice late last week? We'll talk Joel Farabee and even some building momentum for the Flyers, if that will be a concern when they start up. But first and foremost, Jordan, hope you're doing well. Hope you had a great weekend. Sean Couturier, for the second time in his career, is a Selkie finalist. Yeah, Katie, very exciting for Sean Couturier, a Selkie finalist. On January 23rd, when there was midseason voting released for NHL awards, Sean Couturier was number one. And the two guys that were behind him, are the two other finalists, Patrice Bergeron and Ryan O'Reilly. So Couturier was one at midseason. We'll have to see if he wins it this year, but I think he's got a really, really good chance. We know he's always been in consideration. He was the runner-up in 2017-18, but this year it really seems like this is his best case. And for me, it's I think the Selkie Trophy it has always been a reputation award. Patrice Bergeron's won it four times because he's really built up a brand over time of being – a two-way defensive guy that uh, gets all the toughest matchups and no one wants to play against him. Uh, he's 34 years old, so he's built that up over time. I think Couturier has started to get that brand recognition uh, that he deserves. Um, and I think this year might be the year that he wins it. Uh, Katie, what do you think about his chances? Well, yeah. I mean, you said started to get that brand reputation that he deserves. I mean, I agree with you to an extent, but I mean, even when you look back in 2017, 2018, the year you did mention, he was phenomenal. He had the highest plus minus rating with a plus 34 in his whole entire career. It was known then that he had these 200 foot capabilities. It was known from the start of his career in 2011, 2012 with the Flyers um, that he was capable of, you know, potentially having an award like this. But the other part, it is like that, you know, nationwide, maybe just league-wide recognition that, right, like you would think he deserves. Flyers fans know his talent. But, yeah, I would have to say that part I do agree with you. Just the recognition maybe might be there this time around in the whole entire league, um, especially now. When we go back to that 17-18 season, how phenomenal he was. I mentioned the plus-minus rating. Um, he was second, you know, runner-up to this this wonderful award. This season, a plus 21, a, a big um, thing that I like to think about, too, is when we talk about the Flyers' um, goals against last season specifically, um, of course, they're 29th out of 31 in the league. That is not good. That is not good one no. single bit. This season, you, of course, see this huge um, thing turn around. They're 10th in the league now for goals against. I believe Sean Couturier is a big, a big, a great big proponent for that. 
especially the way, you know, he's responded after losses for the team. He's always been the most consistent flyer. Um, I know we're focusing more on the defensive capabilities in this case, but overall just the most consistent player, um, the most consistent centerman, of course, Patrice Bergeron, Ryan O'Reilly, O'Reilly wins it last year. Bergeron, one of the top centers in the league, if that, and of course it'll be interesting to see these two top centers go at it in the first game of round robin play. But um, I do believe this is Couturier's year. When you look at the success of the Flyers team in general and how much he was a part of that, how could you argue? It's tough to argue. It really is. The one thing that may concern me is just what Bergeron has done, the reputation he has built. So that's one thing. And then uh, he had a really good year on the best team in the NHL. Uh, so that I think it, like, it's tough to over, like, overcome that. I think among the league-wide perception, uh, everyone knows Bergeron. Does everyone know Couturier? Let's hope they do. Um, I think that midseason vote spoke volumes, the fact that he was number one. Um, and really didn't do anything after that to hurt his chances. So that's a good thing for Couturier. But How much are you knows- saying, by the way, that like a team's success depends upon it? Like you said, the Bruins' top team um, in the league, of course, Bergeron's a name you've heard so much about, you know, four times already with this award. How much do you think that factors into this? Because, you know, the Flyers have to be successful to have a centerman be successful, right? Absolutely. And I think it does factor in because if you look at last year, Sean Couturier had a really good season last year. He really did, but the Flyers were just kind of a mess. Yeah. And, uh, he, w- and he wasn't a finalist. Um, you know, Ryan O'Reilly wins it last year, and uh, Blues have a great season. Obviously, they come on really strong, and then, of course, they win the Stanley Cup. Um, so, yeah, I think team success is definitely, definitely goes into it. I think you see that with the Hart Trophy as well. Um, it's not just the guy that scores the most points. Sometimes it is, uh, but typically their team is pretty good as well. Um, so I think team success will be factored in, and that's the tough thing for the Flyers. They did have, It's the tough thing for Sean Gattori. The Flyers had a really good year too, so that should hopefully bode well for Sean Gattori. But Patrice Bergeron is Patrice Bergeron. He had a good season. He was a plus 23, had 56 points, um, and his team was the best in the league. So I, I think that will be, be his biggest competitor. But if you look at some of the things that Sean Gattori has done, I have some of his stats where he ranks among centers. Among centers this year, he's first in face-off win percentage, which obviously is a big defensive stat as well. He's tied for fifth in plus-minus at plus 21. He's 13th in even strength points. And um, a stat I really like that I found, um, among all NHL forwards since 2017-18, Sean Couturier is the only one to rank in the top 10 of even strength points and shorthanded time on ice. So he does incredible things at 5-on-5. He's a horse on the, on the PK. Um, he just does everything. And I think this year he, he really does deserve it. And one last thing, Kitty, that I found very interesting was uh, last week at Flyer Skate Zone, uh, we talked to Sean Couturier via WebEx and asked him about, you know, just being in consideration for this award. And he said it's a real honor because being considered next to Patrice Bergeron meant a lot to him. He said that was a guy that really set the standard for him. And he was the guy that kind of, he looked up to and said, I want to play like him. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty neat now that he's uh, neck and neck with that guy uh, for this honor. I thought that was really cool. Your NBC Sports Philadelphia podcasts are now on the My Teams app. Listen to Eagle Eye, Sixers Talk, Phillies Talk, and Flyers Talk now. You're talking about skate zone. You're talking about, you know, players getting back out there that we saw from the first week of training camp last week. Then this weekend, we see full-on scrimmages getting started up uh, Saturday and Sunday. 
And on Saturday, Jordan, no Jake Voracek. No Jake Voracek. Um, and of course, we know the league's um, their needs now for disclosing injuries. It's very, you know, things aren't going to be announced as much, uh, which is good. You like that privacy to come for the personal sake of these players um, to just have everything kept to themselves. You know, not everything in this, uh, this circumstance with COVID-19 needs to be disclosed when you're talking illnesses with their personal health. So, um, you know, you could speculate a little bit there, but for me, you know, it was just kind of different. We didn't know what was happening, but you got to love just hearing Jake Voracek. I'm going to quote you because you tweeted this. Jake Voracek, quote unquote, you guys panic so much. I know Bill Meltzer had a better quote. It had a little bit of a vulgar language in there, which I have, you know, I have to say is expected with Jake Voracek. Too funny to see people on Twitter too, just say, well, good to see he's not sick and he's his regular self. We know this isn't anything different. Just those quotes. It's so funny. You were right there to, to hear it. I mean, at first, what were you kind of thinking what would be the case? You've been a part of these scrimmages. You've seen it up close. Yeah, I really didn't think there was any real reason for concern. I, I kind of pointed that out in an article on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. But the fact is, we just don't know. We don't have any reason for anything. Uh, and as you mentioned, Katie, that's because the NHL and the NHL, NHLPA came to a mutual agreement that to respect uh, every player's medical privacy, they won't be releasing any type of injury information. So I love that. I, I think that's a great thing, by the way. I'll let you continue, but I think that's so important. We are human beings. We're dealing with any illness. I think, you know, it, it should be your own business. Even if you play for a team like this, if you twisted an ankle, so be it. But if it's your health like this, I, I think that's a good thing. They're keeping that uh, for the player's sake. I do too. I really do. I, I like it. And if that's what the players want and the league agrees with it, then that's what it should be. Um, the only thing it creates is incredible speculation because <laughs> you know if if a guy is missing and the thing is you can't have it both ways because if you announce that a guy has like a lower body or an upper body or you know a twisted ankle or um what have you and then you don't announce that the, a player maybe has tested positive for COVID and you just say he's unfit to play well everyone's going to know obviously yes he he that player probably has COVID because yeah uh, they're not allowed to say anything, but they're announcing that this guy has a broken arm. So you have to be very strategic, like definitely yes. thinking this through because you could so, just see the lineup and be like, Oh, well, that would be why. Right. And, and now it just happens that if anyone is out, you, you, you're not going to have any reason for why. So it's going to naturally inevitably create ridiculous speculation among everyone. And we live in a day of social media and the internet where thing is, things are happening um, instantaneously and people are going to react and when Jacob Borchek wasn't out there for the scrimmage and all the rest of the 33 players were that's notable like that's noteworthy we're going to mention Jacob Borchek is not out there uh, and we mentioned that the Flyers deemed him um, unable to participate that was the the wording there and that is notable because uh, Jacob Borchek is one of the best flyers on this team, and uh, and he wasn't out there after practicing the previous four days that were on the ice, and he looked fine. So yeah, it was it was puzzling, and we weren't quite sure. So when he was out there on Sunday, it was great to see. And when he talked to us Sunday, we have to naturally just we have to ask him <laughs> like, Jake, yep. are you okay? And right off the bat, he he was a bit frustrated and. <laughs> You know, obviously. He knew it was coming, though. I mean, you got to think. Yeah, and that's Jacob Voracek. Like, why are you guys asking me? I'm fine. Like, you know, he kind of 
blows off a little steam at us, but he's a good guy. He really is. He's friendly. And he was even starting to laugh about it, but he was you entertaining know, too. Yes very, inter- yes, very entertaining guy. And, you know, he tells us we panic too much. I think that was more directed <laughs> at reporters than it was fans, but I think it was also kind of directed at fans and just the city in general uh, that we tended to panic, but Hey, it's a passion. You know, you know what? I wouldn't call it panic, Jordan. I would say, you know what? We just really care about you, Jake. Yes. That's all. And just right. really do care about you. That's all. We're just concerned. Flyers fans, they love you. They need you. Yeah. They need you out there. It's just, it's that, right? And exactly. We care. <laughs> We're passionate, you know? And that's what it is. So I agree with that, Katie. And, um, and Jake, under, Jake Vorchek understood. He understood, like, kind of both sides of the coin. He, he admitted. He's like, if you guys want to ask me, I'll tell you what happened. And what happened was... Uh, he, he had a test on Friday. It ended up being delayed, and as a result, it came back inconclusive. So per NHL rules in Phase 3, uh, he cannot participate uh, or use the facility. Uh, Saturday, when he couldn't participate, he did another test, but I'll say it takes time to come back. It ended up coming back negative, and he was right back at it on Sunday in practice. And he was frustrated. He missed the scrimmage, but that is the rules, and sometimes, you know, the testing, that, that will happen. And, um, but he, he understood. He said, I, I respect that we need to respect players' privacy. But yeah. the result of it is when you can't announce anything about an absence, if a guy like David Pasternak is missing or a guy like Jacob Borchek is missing, it will create a stir. And that's what it did. Uh, but it was good to see he was back out there Sunday. Katie, you said you liked the whole – Respecting the players' privacy, yeah. uh, I think that's great as well. What did you make of it? Uh, I know you were following along on social media. What were you thinking as, you know, people are kind of creating this buzz about Jacob Borjak not being out there? What were you thinking? Well, yeah, you initially see it, and it, it's during this pandemic. I mean, you're going to think the worst right away. Um, and, you know, I say the worst, but at the same time, hats off to the NHL, to the league. They care so much about the safety of each of these players, but also – overall the team in general with Jake Voracek why they care about him is they're not going to disclose what's going on and that again is part of that agreement with the NHL and NHLPA for his privacy for his sake but yes when I initially saw it I I was thinking you know it it could be this but then you kind of sit back and the fact they're not saying even if a guy has a uh, an ankle like rolled his ankle or is sick maybe with something else which I don't know if that's even but you know what I mean just any sort of thing your mind is just kind of way more open to, okay, like there's no need to quote unquote panic, even though I don't believe we did. We just, again, we were concerned. Jake, if you're listening, we were concerned. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I think that initially it was that, like even in general, let's put it at this. If you like somehow know someone has coronavirus, or I don't even know if you could say that because we're not going to know. But going back to what I said, you know these players are going to be safe. Like, and again, this is a disease that we're not going to get into. Um, who knows? You, you hope the best um, as far as that safe term. But I'm saying more so just with themselves, with the league, they, they're taken care of. They're going to be safe and, and they're in good hands for the most part with, you know, what could happen. Of course, there's the uncertainty with this disease we won't get into. Um, but I, I saw it could be this, could be that, could be a million different things. We're never going to know. And I think that's so important because uh, they don't disclose any injury for that matter, Jordan. You can never know. No. It's a smart move on their part. Yeah, I, I, I respect it. Uh, I absolutely respect these players. I think they deserve that privacy right just like we have. Um, but, yeah, that's what's going to happen. When a guy of Jacob Vorchek's caliber is suddenly missing for a scrimmage uh, last second, 
uh, people will wonder. They will wonder and their minds will run. Uh, and I think how this is going to kind of work moving forward is if, if these players are missing and obviously the league and the teams cannot really say anything, it's going to be up to basically talking to that, that person. When you get a chance to talk to them, you have to ask them the question. How yeah. are you? Um, are you okay? And, you know, they could tell you or they cannot. Uh, Jacob Vorchek is a very honest, transparent guy, which we love. And he, he told us what happened. And what happened? Everyone's <laughs> every, transparency. He'll just say yes. it. <laughs> Everyone's nerves went from through the roof to down to the floor because we knew. We knew. And um, so that's just the situation that we're in. And it's going to be that way for the rest of training camp and all of the tournaments. So fans are going to have to get used to it. Us media members are going to have to get used to it. And yeah. to be quite honest, Jacob Borchek's going to ha- have to get used to it. Uh, if he doesn't like us asking questions or being concerned, that's, how, that's what's going to happen. Um, we all have a job to do. Right? Yes. Um, and a few reasons why I didn't think it was a big deal was um, they announced Jacob Borchek unable to participate literally a minute after the puck drop. So it was, it was later in the day. Um, obviously, he would get to the facility and have his temperature checks and system checks earlier yeah. in the morning. Um, he, he has to even do it uh, from his own uh, home before he gets to the facility, and then he has to do it when he gets to the facility. And then um, all 33 players participated. Jacob Borchek's been around these guys since, you know, the beginning of last week and even before that when he came late for phase two. So the fact that all the guys participated, and they, you know, obviously there might have been precautions taken with all the guys participating, the guys that have been around him, so that kind of told me, like, hey, let's, let's pump the brakes here. It could be anything, but I, it doesn't sound like it was too serious. And, and thankfully, it, it is great to know that he is okay. That's what's, you know, health and uh, safety of everyone is, for, is first and foremost. And that was good to see, Katie. Yeah, and I have to, again, one more time, tip of the hockey helmet to the, yes. the league and the NHLPA, just what they've been able to really pull off here. Exciting to see. Hopefully, yes. you know, fingers are, fingers are crossed. Everything continues to progress, and we get closer and closer um, but it is so exciting to have that possibility with thanks to their hard work uh, behind the scenes, again, to have those health and safety uh, protocol in place. But anyway, I, I mean, you're talking Jake Voracek, a huge uh, proponent to this Flyers team, especially for their success this season. We've talked to Voracek. What about Joel Therabee? This is a player we are discussing, you know, who's going to be that 12 forward? Is it going to be Nate Thompson? Is it going to be Joel Therabee? You and I, I believe, agreed on this term that we wouldn't see Joel Therabee getting, you know, that recognition um, to be in there. And I say recognition, but getting the nod, getting, you know, when you put all things uh, into effect here, lay it all out, what he was able to do with the Flyers. Um, of course, you expect more, but he is a rookie. He has that eagerness to get out there. He has that spark, that young jump um, that really have, uh, have, has helped um, the Flyers' whole lineup, you know, especially the depth, too, at times. He could move anywhere in the lineup to help you out. And nothing more reassuring than Saturday, his line really getting going, Jordan. You were there to see it. Um, you were there to hear from the coaching staff, everyone just saying how impressive he has been thus far through training camp. He has, Katie, and I really thought he was in a position to kind of win his role, win a job. The Flyers put him in a good spot with Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny, and he's a guy that is a, you know, a 2018 first-round pick. He's a playmaker. He's a guy that can score, and he's in a spot to really impress and really say, hey, I deserve to be in here. And I deserve to be in a good spot, too. Not just in the lineup, but in a prominent spot. And he really looked impressive in the scrimmage. Um, and like you said, Katie, I guess that's the beauty of being a 20-year-old kid. You can kind of just jump back in and uh, have all that energy. And he really has. He's played with jump, as Elaine Vigneault said. 
Um, he looks energetic. He's constantly pushing north. And what they really like about him is he does a lot of the little things too. Uh, he's not kind of a scorer bus guy. He's really good away from the puck. Um, he has good puck management. All those things that uh, make a, a coach trust a kid like that. And he, he has those qualities. And, yeah, he looked good with connecting and Hayes. They were constantly going north. They were constantly playing in the offensive zone, creating chances. His team won the scrimmage. Um, I really think he's solidifying his spot to say, I, I deserve to play. And I think they're going to even put him in a prominent role too. Um, kind of like they were doing down the stretch of the regular season. They were kind of putting more on his plate. And I think they really like how he was responding. Uh, Katie, do you like him with Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny? Um, I do. And I think there's no reason why he should be out of the lineup. Um, I know they're going to experiment with things. I expect that. They're going to really – look at um, the rest of camp. They're going to look at that exhibition game on July 28th. And they're going to look at the round robin too as a time to build that best lineup. But I really don't think he's going to do anything to hurt his chances. I think he deserves to be in there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, talk about an electric line. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. You have an electric spark plug like Travis Konechny. You have Kevin Hayes that brings the emotion to the game that has those wonderful sellies we love to see. Yeah. Mind you, his shorthanded goal stat that we just love to see. And also, when he does score a goal, that stat for the Flyers' success. Um, but Joel Faraby being a part of that, why not? You go with it. It works out. We see it, of course, in the scrimmage. That's so much different than gameplay. Yes, we know. But when you, when you see a, a chemistry like that really build up, it's an exciting thing. And, and like you mentioned, Jordan, you were there to see it. Um, and you've been great on Twitter, those uh, fans, too, that if you're listening, you need to follow Jordan on Twitter. Um, he, he's providing so much, uh, you know, inside uh, access, inside um, uh, tape video. I'm, like, trying to think of all the things you do. But it is even fun for us because, you know, there can't be too many people at Skate Zone. Jordan, you've been a great um, – reporter there to, to cover everything happening and a, a part of these scrimmages and different things going on on the ice. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I do love it. Why not go with it if it works? We know with Elaine Vino though, he said he's going to be switching so many things up. You have all these black aces. You have different, you know, uh, lineups you can make. You have different um, potions you can make from all of the, this different talent. What a great problem to have. Again, I don't, if anyone has a counter out there for how many times I've said that, I don't even care. Flyers are in a great position right now. Um, and you, you got to love seeing it. But with Joel Farabee, Jordan, and speaking of your Twitter, you had a great stat about his success. The Flyers went 15-1-3 when Farabee recorded at least one point this season, and um, you had a, a great article on this too, just the buzzing rookie aspect. So that's right now on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Your perspective on Joel Farabee, I mean, from what you've seen, is my question, is he a different player right now than we saw during the regular season? Are you seeing any, like, maybe maturity or progression from him after this hockey hiatus? Farabee has been very good. Um, and I think uh, Elaine Vigneault said it. He said, it, uh, this kid's come ready for camp. Uh, he's got a lot of jump in his step. Um, and I think we're seeing that 20-year-old energy. Um, and I think he's excited. He, he talked about it. He's just excited to – to play he's a competitive kid and I think he's looking at it as like this is a taste of the of the Stanley Cup playoffs that I've never had before uh and I want to get after it um but he that's his game his game is such like an energetic game he's always real low on his skates and he's always skating hard um so you notice him uh even when he's not scoring but I think yeah I think come the exhibition game on July 28th if he has a big game or maybe come to round robin if he comes up with a game where he's a you know has a goal and an assist and he's real active, I think it's a no brainer to have him in there. Uh, and you make the decision of maybe sitting Nate Thompson or maybe even sitting up. 
I don't think this is going to happen, but Michael Raffle was in a different group on Sunday last weekend uh, when Elaine Vigneault did promise he was going to kind of tweak some things and just experiment a bit. He had Michael Raffle in the group of the guys that look like all the extras, and Nate Thompson was in the regular group centering Scott Lawton and Nicholas Aubé-Cubel. So he was more with a regular line. I think that was just Vigneault trying some things. They have two more scrimmages coming up this week. Uh, so they're going to have two more scrimmages to try different combinations. And I think this is just giving guys looks and seeing what works best. It's, it's just like a training camp uh, where you're building up your roster at the beginning of a season. It's kind of very similar to that. Um, but I think Farabee has done a really good job of solidifying his spot. Um, I don't think it's etched in stone. I don't think anything is etched in stone, really. But uh, he has not hurt his chances. If I had to guess, my best prediction would be their best lineup would have Nate Thompson probably as the 13th forward, as the extra forward. Michael Rothwell, I don't expect to sit. And I think Farabee is going to play. But uh, like you said, Katie, these are good problems to have. And we know the Flyers were a good team at the pause. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. Katie, there was an article recently on Nesson by Lauren Campbell and Good art, really good article. It looked at, you know, had some fun bold predictions for the 2014 tournament. And one of her bold predictions, it might not make Flyers fans happy, but one of her bold predictions was that she thinks the Flyers will fade and she just believes that the, that momentum is gone. She thinks that was going to be a big luxury for them if the season finished the way it typically does with all that momentum going towards the playoffs. But she believes with the stoppage, that momentum is gone. She thinks that will hurt the Flyers. Do you buy that, Katie? Do you no. think that's the case? I like that. Why no. I, okay, of course momentum's a huge the game. <laughs> but every single team is in the same position. It's not yeah. just the Flyers. Even the Bruins. I don't care. Tampa Bay. They're so strong. We know that. But, like, with momentum being such a key feature of the sport of hockey and even of the Stanley Cup playoffs to start it back up again, every team is in the same position here. How would the Flyers be any lower than any other team as far as preparing, as far as carrying that over? Um, when you're thinking of, uh, yes, of course, all healthy rosters, but how would they be any lower? They're on the same playing field. Um, if we're really focusing on that word momentum, and I know this has been a concern with fans, but I just, I think that this, the Flyers are in a, a fantastic position. I don't know how many times I've said this already, but I'll say it again. The, the way they get to start it up, they can only go up from here in this round robin play. This is the Flyers' best advantage to play against the best of the best for a good old welcome back to hockey. When we think about this past um, regular season, how well they played against the top teams, Jordan, this is a benefit they get to start this way. They play so much better against top talent than they do against the lower-ranked teams. I even know at times, like, against the Detroit Red Wings this season or against the Devils, it was frustrating to watch them because they really do stoop down to the level that they play against, which was a concern. But in this case, when you're starting back up the season, this is a phenomenal way to get going. This is a phenomenal way to build that momentum back up. I don't know where you could really think, no, you know what? They don't have it anymore. Uh, they haven't lost anything. If anything, they get everything back. They have a healthy James Van Riemsdyk. They have a healthy Nate Thompson. And even to that, they get Shane Gosses Bear, even more defensemen, even more help from the Black Aces. This is just, this is something with me that is like, come on. How, how are they any different than any other team as far as momentum goes? Tell me, do the Boston Bruins have a secret here? Are they able to just carry over what they have this season? Who knows? Anything could happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Rant over. What do you think? I love that energy. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm kind of with you. Like, I, I just don't buy this whole, like, like you said, everyone is dealing with this. Like, no team has ever 
it's not like the Rangers like two years ago dealt with a global pandemic and got used to it while everyone else didn't like every, no one has ever dealt with this crazy stoppage at this time of the year because of a global pandemic. Like this is unprecedented. So everyone's in the same boat. If anything, the Flyers probably have confidence knowing, Hey, we were rolling at before this and we really started to find our stride. We just got to refine it again. Like we just got to build it back up. But if anything, they had the confidence that they were one of the best teams in the league. Whereas maybe some other teams that were struggling before the pause can have that in the back of their mind. Well, like, Hey, not, not only do we need to restart and get going, but we need to try to find something different because we were not playing well. So yeah, I really don't buy the whole momentum thing because every team, Katie, like you said, is dealing with this crazy pause. I just don't know how you're like, nope, they don't have it. Like, how how is that? Like, where's the mathematical equation behind that? Because I would love to know. I would love to do it myself and see. Yep. These are still the same players. um, And it's still the same group of guys that had a really, really, really strong chemistry going. Um, And all the guys we've talked to admitted that's a fair assessment about the whole momentum. Yes. We probably just won't pick up where we left off, but a lot of them all talked about how this this group was had a special feeling to it. A lot of them have said that it's a, it's a unique, special group. Nate Thompson, uh, a 35-year-old veteran who has been to an Eastern Conference final and a Western Conference final. He's played in 60-plus playoff games. He has admitted this, this group has a special feeling to it. It's a unique group, um, and it's something that could do some – a group that could do some damage. And like you did probably mention, the fact he's played with so many different teams. I mean, the organic vision that – the, you know, perception that he's had coming in and just being like, this is pretty special what they have going here. I mean, you have to appreciate that for sure. NBC Universal has something new for you. Peacock, the new streaming service that has all of the best TV shows, including Downton Abbey, plus great movies, including one of my favorites, Lone Survivor. Peacock is also the exclusive home for all of NBC Sports' free Premier League coverage. In Deep with Ryan Lochte and Lost Speedways, hosted by Dale Earnhardt Jr. Learn more at PeacockTV.com. And Katie, speaking to the whole momentum thing, rust, uh, long break, um, obviously I think we expect some rust probably from every single team. I think that first game, especially that exhibition game, and of course the round robin, I think you're going to see some high tempo and guys just kind of going all out. And then you're going to kind of see it level off a little bit and kind of settle into an actual game. But it had us kind of thinking if we had to pick one flyer that we really think is just going to kind of pick up where he left off and really no doubts about him kind of coming fast out of the shoot, which player would it be for me, Katie? I'm going to go with Travis Konechny. I think I always call him the team's energizer bunny because he's just, he always has the energy. You always see him. He's always going fast. Um, he's always pushing the pace. Uh, he's a young guy that I think is going to come out really pumped. Uh, and he had a, a career season. I think we always knew what we were getting from Travis Konechny this year. He was that consistent. He was the all-star. Um, I think he's a guy that I could just kind of see coming out real, with a bang. I think we saw it in the season opener this year. He had that huge season opener in Prague. Uh, I could see that being the same thing. He's my guy, Katie. Who are you thinking? Yeah, you go with the the point leader for the Flyers. Of course, that would have been a choice for me, but you got to go with Sean Couturier as well. The second runner-up for points this season. We just talked about him to start up this episode. 
we don't need to get back into how amazing his 200 foot abilities are, um, his abilities in the face off dot, anything he does, it, it just gets the flyers going. You talk about the energizer buddy, bunny that Travis Konechny is. Of course, he's an electric player. He really gets it going out there. And when he does score things, good things happen. That same thing goes for Sean Couturier, but in such a different manner. The way he's so consistent out there, the way he sets plays up, it's not only about him scoring, but you know his assists as well. Um, he is tied with Travis Konechny with 37 assists. But two overall really good players to keep it going, but I'm going to leave with this. One great stat, the way that Sean Couturier plays um, after, after a loss this season. He has 14 goals and 20 assists in games following a loss for the Flyers this season. When you think about that adversity, what better than this hockey hiatus? Just a great um, adversity all teams have to go through, specifically for the Flyers' sake. Sean Couturier is used to just getting the team back to, back and running. He is going to be that guy. He could be the guy that really gets it going, um, you know, in, these ex in the first exhibition game, but especially in this first round Robin game. And he'll be an exciting one to keep my eye on, that's for sure. But overall... Um, I, I don't know if fans out there, like I'm buzzing, you know, off of coffee, but we're also buzzing because this is going to be so fun, Jordan. This is uh, exciting to get closer and closer. How exciting is this? Absolutely, Katie. And uh, I, I love the energy. I love the positivity. And I think fans feel like it's getting closer and some key dates for people that if, if they need to know it. Obviously, this is a big week uh, for the Flyers. It's their second and final week of training camp. Then they fly out to Toronto, the Eastern Conference hub city on July 26th. Uh, their first exhibition game will be July 28th. That will be on NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus. Uh, it's against the Penguins. And then they open that round robin on August 2nd. So we are getting closer to Flyers hockey. And as we do, we will continue to bring you all insight and analysis and everything that you could want. But that is the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Katie Emmer. Thank you so much, Ben Barry, our podcast producer. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.